Sex Chat with Kim Ayers is proudly sponsored by Calexotics, the world's first woman-owned adult pleasure products manufacturer, The Magic Wand, the longtime favorite massager of millions, and NAS Toys, providing your sexual pleasure from head to toe. All of our fabulous sponsors' products are available at grandopening.com. Hey, here's the latest episode of Sex Chat with yours truly, Kim Ayers here. Hey, you know that I know a whole lot about sex toys and stuff like that. And if you're listening to this podcast, chances are good that you own a sex toy or are curious about owning one. Well, I'm glad you're here because in this episode of Sex Chat, we're going to learn about the different materials that sex toys are made of, which may influence what kind of toy you're looking for. Yeah, sure, I can go into the technology around sex toys, which has changed dramatically, even in the last like two years. It's pretty amazing. And yeah, I'll touch upon that. Ooh. I love our double entendres in this business, but I really want to focus on what kind of materials our favorite sex toys are made of. Yeah, this is going to be good. Basically, let's talk about dildos. Okay, so I like to say a vibrator is a dildo when it's not working, like when it's not vibrating. Uh, And dildos can sort of not be vibrators, although that kind of changes if you put a vibrator in it. But anyway, so let's, we're going to talk about dildos in particular. You know, a lot of people like things that vibrate or things that don't and things. So this is dildos. All right. So when I talk about dildos, it means something that doesn't vibrate. Although the materials, well, that can pertain to a lot of things, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So dildos have been around ever since there were phallic shapes of rocks. Yeah, they go back that far. Yeah, they they sure do. They sure do. We've been pretty horny since the beginning of time. I mean, just let's face it. So, okay, rocks and gemstones, like not like sapphire and rubies because they would be like really expensive dildos. But let's say like jade. Jade dildos go way back too. And, you know, I think you can still get them. I know that you can get gemstone um dildos like rose quartz ones in particular uh, they're pretty amazing to use uh here's a little extra kim airs tidbit yeah i have a few of them in smaller sizes and they're like tampon sized so they're not tremendously big but they're you know bigger than bigger than a thumb let's say and yeah maybe about four inches long or something like that so what i do is i insert one into my vag before I go to sleep. And let me tell you, when it's in there, I have the most incredibly erotic dreams. Well, shit, yeah. I mean, of course, it makes sense because here's something solid. Quartz, ooh, rose quartz to be super sexy and manifesting and all that good stuff. And it's nuzzled inside of me right up against my G-spot, which is my personal hotspot. And, you know, while sleeping, well, it let's say it like really gets me there. And being rose quartz, there's some significance about that stone too. Hmm. Like hardcore romantic significance. Anyway, you might want to try that one night. 
let me know how you feel when you wake up. I'd be curious about that. Anyway, I digress, sort of, sort of, back to other materials. Okay, yeah, so there's ancient materials. So let's fast forward a little bit to the modern ages of plastics. Yes, Benjamin, plastics. I know some of you of a certain age will get that too. Anywho, hard plastic came along and there were dildos and vibrators made of that material. Definitely not so much body flexible, but hey, they were popular long time ago. And they were tan colored. And maybe you saw them in a catalog with the woman in the picture holding it against her face with a subtle smile and using only one hand. Mm, I think I know where the other hand was. And it was always described as perfect for those hard-to-reach places. Uh, yeah. Uh, these were in major catalogs from the 50s, 60s, and 70s and sold as massagers. Well, after that, things began to change. So along came latex dildos, which began in the 40s and 50s and remained the industry standard throughout the 60s and like probably into the early 90s. Yeah, that's a long time. But latex is expensive to process. It's a messy hot pour and it's stinky. All good reasons not to use it anymore. And luckily it went away as the material of choice. Oh yeah, and also there's that allergy thing to it, which seems to be more of a recent thing over the past few decades, an increased use of latex gloves. There was also a fire at the Doc Johnson sex toy factory in North Hollywood in the mid-90s, which actually affected the sex toy biz. And talk about a disruption of the supply chain. Yeah, it was. it happened a few years after I opened Grand Opening, which was in 93, and I remember I couldn't get realistic rubber dicks and vibrators, for real, because they were made out of latex and they were from Doc Johnson. It was like, what are we going to do? And I was like, all right, we're going to have to think of another material. But in the meantime, there was another material available, which is the industry standard of today. And I bet you can guess what material that is. It's silicone, of course. Yes, 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 yes. So how did silicone become the material of choice? Well, I'm glad you asked, and I'm glad you're listening. Here goes. In the 90s, so 1990s, I interviewed the inventor of the silicone dildo, Gosnell Duncan, who pretty much developed silicone dildos by and because of an accident. I remember interviewing him with his beautiful sing-songy accent from his native Granada. Gosnell Duncan. This is exactly how he talked. He was nice and easy and slow-paced, and he would always chuckle out a good joke. Gosnell. Uh, I could keep going in Gosnell's accent. Well, anyway, in 1965, he was at his welding job at the International Harvester Company in Chicago when the vehicle he was working on fell on top of him. <sighs> he suddenly became paralyzed from the waist down. And he had been a skilled dancer and a handsome ladies' man. Mm -hmm. And Duncan was devastated. I mean, he would never have an erection again which happens with paralysis. Anyway, his girlfriend didn't mind. And in fact, they got married in the hospital. So that was pretty cool. But he still wanted to have penetrative sex with his new wife. But the only dildos out there were floppy latex ones. And of course, 
only made in the generic tan color, which did not match his dark skin. Mm. He became frustrated with his options and started to become more active in the disability movement. Now, mind you, this was in the late 60s and early 70s. Then he came up with a brilliant idea. He stumbled upon a material that closely felt like an erect penis, firm enough, yet with a little realistic give to it, and landed on, wait for it, wait for it, okay, silicone bathtub caulking. Yes, siree. So he got in touch with General Electric, who were the only ones manufacturing silicone at that point as a raw material. And for two years, he and the researchers there came up with the perfect formula that could stand in for a real penis. Gosnell's first designs were realistically shaped in various realistic lengths, widths, and colors. Right, right. The base of it was a half moon shape, so the base wouldn't smash up against the man's testicles and could be held comfortably against his pelvis, often with a kind of like tied on harness. Yeah, because this was the days before dildo harnesses like we know them. Yeah, believe it or not. Yep, that's what they used to be. So he began selling them to the disabled community. And in the mid 70s, Gosnell saw an ad in the Village Voice in New York City for Eve's Garden, basically the first female-focused sex toy store for women that opened in 1972. He thought, and this is exactly how he said it when I interviewed him, I wonder if lesbians would like them. He met Del Williams, the founder of Eve's Garden, and created a non-phallic shape just in case those feminists would have a hard time with, well, so to speak, with a realistic-looking dildo. I mean, that's where feminism was in the 70s. Oh, yeah. It's like if you used a realistic-looking dildo, did that make you, like, wanting to be a guy? Believe me, I lived through a lot of that thinking, and I'm so glad to see that's not so much of an issue anymore. Anyway... At the same time, okay, so this was uh, probably, oh, I would say mid-80s or something. There was an enterprising woman named Trilby, and she was making dills for does, creating really clever designs of silicone dildos that included a diving whale, a finger, a corn cob, yeah, all out of silicone. And she even made an outstretched cat, which was kind of sacrilegious for lesbians in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a pussy for your pussy, for real. I I, I still have mine. Yeah. Uh, Anyhow, I sold many of her dildos at grand opening, but it was so tough to get them. It was like working with a drug dealer waiting for their supplies to come in. It was so erratic instead of erotic getting her stuff. And I had a retail store to run and supply those hungry dildo buyers with product. Ah, So it left me in a lurch a lot. And then, again, those were the only two manufacturers was Scorpio Products, which was Gosnell's company, and Dills for Doze. But wouldn't you know, around 1997, two enterprising women decided enough was enough and at about the same time launched their own silicone dildo companies both of which significantly changed the supply chain when it came to our beloved silicone toys. The first company was, and still is, Vixen Creations, created by Marilyn, who, 
oddly enough, was the accountant for a well-known sex toy company who realized how difficult it was to keep the store stocked with our favorite rubber dildos. If it's not being done, that means you got to do it. And that was what she did. Then around about the same time, Tantus came along too with even more creative designs. Cat dildos be damned. So both companies became prominent in the silicone dildo world and continue to crank out thousands of silicone dildos a year. Yeah, thousands. I am not exaggerating with that number. And, you know, maybe you listeners out there might like be part of those thousands. Just saying. I know I certainly am. So, you know, you've listened this far, learning about the history of silicone dildos and some of the other materials that are used in sex toy manufacturing. And I know that there's so much more I can talk about on this particular subject. And, you know, I certainly will for a future podcast. Trust me on this. But since you made it this far, I'm so excited. Guess what? So you can experience the amazing quality of Vixen and Tantus dildos. I am graciously passing along coupon codes so you can get them directly from grandopening.com right here and right now. So here you go. Simply go to grandopening.com and enter Tantus, T-A-N-T-U-S, or the word Vixen, V-I-X-E-N, at checkout for your discount on either of the brands. Pretty cool, huh, stuff? It's my way of saying thank you for listening to this podcast, and I'll continue with this enlightening podcast in an upcoming episode because, like I said, there's so much more to talk about. Materials, how vibrators and sex toys work, and all that stuff. So thanks for listening to this episode and this part of Sex Chat with Kim Ayers. Time for joke of the podcast. Yay! One of my favorite parts of the podcast. Trust me on this one. (laughs) See, I'm already laughing and I haven't even started with it. Okay, this is a good one. This college woman goes to a doctor and she's got a big maroon H on her chest. And the doctor says, uh, excuse me, what is that? (gasps) She gets all embarrassed and shy. And she's like, um, my boyfriend goes to Harvard and he wears a t-shirt all the time. And so when we have sex, he sweats and it, and the doctor's like, oh, okay, okay. Next woman comes in, she's got a big Y on her chest, and he goes, excuse me, what is that? And she gets all embarrassed also, and she goes, um, I have a boyfriend at Yale, and he wears a t-shirt all the time, and, you know, it's it's like the same story when he sweats, and he's like, oh, okay. So then the next woman comes in, she's got a big M on her chest, and he says, oh, wait, let me guess. Bet you have a boyfriend at University of Maine. She says, no, a girlfriend at Wellesley. Why do you ask? (laughs) I love that one. I hope you do too. There we go. The joke of the podcast on Sex Chat. Yay. Hey, dear listeners. I got another good question. Emailed to me to Kim Ayers Sex Chat. That's got two S's in it at gmail.com. You can also ask your questions via Twitter, where you can follow me at Kim Ayers, or through our beloved Instagram at 
guess what? Kim Ayers, K-I-M-A-I-R-S. Or like I said, you can email me, Kim Ayers Sex Chat, that's got two S's in it, at gmail.com with your burning questions. Well, I mean, I hope they're not burning, but you know, they might be urgent. This is a real good one too. Here goes. Dear Kim, I just got asked to buy a sex toy for my friend. What do you suggest? Thanks. Okay. All right. This is a curious one um, because whenever somebody says I'm buying it for a friend, I always kind of be like, oh yeah, maybe it's you, but you don't want to say that. But let's say this person really wants to buy a sex toy for their friend. This can actually be like a great wedding present or birthday present or even a coming of age present, you know, to maybe have people experience sex toys, even if they're under 18, because yes, people discover their sexuality much younger than 18. Okay, we all know that. We all probably have. So it might be a really good gift to acknowledge someone and that they're mature enough to get a sex toy as a present. So this is something to keep in mind and I'll go into age-appropriate answers and things like that on another podcast. But anyway, so getting something for a friend. Well, first of all, like I said, what age is that person? So is it a teenage girl who you just kind of want to say, hey, you can use this and it'll bring you lots of pleasure? Or is it a 65-year-old man? Or is it somebody celebrating their transition from one gender to another? So these are questions to ask yourself. Who's the gift for? Is it your granny? Wow, like I thought this would be a really simple answer. (laughs) What am I going to write? Well, maybe the listener who wrote this in just has to listen to all the details here because there's a lot. I thought, oh yeah, just, you know, kind of ask. It goes beyond that because sometimes you just might not want to ask them what they want or they might hint to what they want or maybe it would be their first toy. So maybe let's look at that a little bit. Let's say it's their first toy. Now that can happen at any age. Trust me on this one for sure. What I always, always, always say when it's a first toy, get something simple. I can't say that clearly enough. Get something simple because they won't find it intimidating. They won't find it scary. They won't find it like, I'm supposed to do what with that? You know, it'll be nice and simple because they can always get another later and another and another and another. So get something simple. So something, let's say, let's talk about a vibrator, an exterior vibrator. Something maybe finger sized. You're like, what? That seems so small. Again, a nice, simple one. There's plenty of simple vibrators out there that are kind of finger-sized. I'm just looking at my collection. I got a pretty big collection here where I record my beloved podcast. Um, And it's kind of like my reference library. And I'm looking at the WeVibe Tango. That's an excellent one. That's not much bigger than your finger. Super powerful and multi-speed, everything's rechargeable at this point. So it's pretty simple to use. There are lots of finger-sized vibrators out there for sure. So getting something small 
is a great idea. It's versatile. They can travel with it pretty easily. It's not scary if they leave it out, you know, as opposed to like an eight inch realistic dildo vibrator, you know, that type of thing. Um, yeah, so they have versatility with that. And I just stumbled upon, oh, do you get them a vibrator or a dildo? Well, honestly, I say for the first one, get a vibrator, a small vibrator. Because a dildo, they might be like, what, it doesn't vibrate? You know, because a lot of times people will associate vibration with a sex toy. So that's something to think about too is, you know, get them a small vibrator to start out with. I think that's the first one because a vibrator can always be a dildo when it doesn't work. So they have that. Like I said, they can use it either way. But getting a vibrator, a good choice. Something non-explicit, that's another really good choice for a first-timer because it's not going to be scary to them. You know, not that realistic or anything is scary by any means, but that way it's like neutral, it's a neutral shape, things like that. So like I said, about lipstick size, finger size, totally safe as a first guess of a vibrator. Now, maybe, I don't know, maybe they were thinking of an anal toy because you never know. There's plenty of nicely shaped toys that are designated anal toys that you can totally use vaginally that are also on the smaller size that you could also get too. Now, another one, let's say for a penis owner, would be a really basic cock ring. Yeah, kind of something a little different for them. Um, so there's all different ones. Screaming O makes some fabulous beginner ones that are relatively inexpensive and stretchy and won't be too constricting. And they vibrate too, so they can get the sensation of what it feels like to have a ring around their penis and or use it as a vibrator stimulator as well. They might want to turn the vibrator part upside down so it stimulates the balls. You know, they're going to discover what it feels like for sure. So that's definitely another one. Uh, a stroker or masturbator, eh, maybe too advanced for a first timer. Um, it could be a present for somebody that's a little bit more established. Maybe, I'm just saying maybe because I'm thinking, oh, okay, what else would be a good first choice? Um, but I would say like the world of cock rings um, for penis owners would be great. And then the other toy. Now, for somebody who's trans, so like I said, this can go male to female, female to male, you know, any gender fluid, that type of thing. There are lots of toys out there that, again, are pretty non-explicit gender-wise that can stimulate genitals of any kind. Um, there's another uh, WeVibe one called the Touch X. So that's another... Um, we vibe product that's really good and it's really kind of plain looking it's uh just kind of fits in your palm and that's a really neat one to just stimulate wherever it touches you know there's plenty of palm shaped vibrators out there too also another excellent choice for a first time buyer of sex toys uh is a palm shaped one because anybody can use it somebody can use it to masturbate with no matter what kind of genitals they have so that's a really good choice too um and they tend to be smaller again you see I'm going on a theme here smaller ones there's also these wonderful smaller wands that are out there 
gosh, there's a lot of them. So a wand-shaped toy. Now, those tend to be external only, which is fine. I kind of like really geared all towards external stuff. Yeah, I am. I guess that's my go-to when I suggest that uh, because internal can be kind of all different sizes. But yeah, definitely an external one is a good choice. And a smaller wand, those feel great like anywhere on your body. I mean, it's not just for external clitoral, you know, but it can be used on penises. It can be used testicles. It can be used behind your neck, you know, on your neck for sore muscles. I mean, a small wand is really delicious. So that's a really good choice. Uh, magic wand mm, actually just came out with a mini magic wand. Yes, I'm so excited about it. It's rechargeable. It's small. Looks like, guess what? A mini magic wand. Excellent choice for a first time one. And that would be an excellent choice to give to anybody for sure. And I emphasize body because that could be somebody young, somebody old, somebody trans, some everything. So a mini magic wand, excellent choice too. The advice that I give to you, dear listener, I know I threw a whole lot of things at you, but I think it's really important to just get something that the person's going to like. I mean, that's pretty much the main thing. And something plain and simple is definitely the the thing to do when you're going to be buying a vibrator for a friend. So there, so just send along any questions you have, because I certainly love answering them. Well, lordy, 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 guess what time it is. It is time for boop, boop, the sex toy review. Yay, on Sex Chat with Kim Ayers. Um, this one, ooh, guess what that sound is. Yes, it's opening up the zippered case of the snail vibe. Yeah, you might have heard this one, you know? I mean... Ah, uh, that's something I've been in the business a long time. And every time I'm like, okay, somebody else is trying to reinvent the wheel. Sometimes it's misses, but this one is a hit. All right, let's check out the snail vibe. Well, first of all, it comes in this really cool carrying case, which is kind of like a super sturdy, it's, it's some sort of plastic, but it's like a soft plastic, but sturdy enough to store your snail vibe in it. And so it's zippered all the way around. There's a cool little Velcro holder for the charger, which is great because, of course, it's rechargeable like everything else is. Now, I'm just seeing here. Yeah, I can kind of guess. Believe me, I know inches and sizes. So what's so unique about this? It looks like... Well, a snail. Yeah, there's no doubt about it when you look at it and go, that kind of looks like a snail. Basically, what it is, is it's a round orb, right? That's about, um, oh, I'd say maybe inch and three quarters wide, two inches. And then it circles around like a snail shell, okay? So it goes like that. And then it goes, and then it curves at an angle, or actually a straight angle, so it basically looks like the tip of a dildo at the end. So right the round and then it circles to dildo. And then there's a straight part that extends out about eight and a half inches, about eight inches. And then there's another round end of it there. Okay, right. It's a pretty unique shape. This vibrator does not look like another. All right. Now, the thing that makes this so magical is that there's two really strong motors 
one in each of the orbs, all right? It feels like there's three because it's so powerful. The orb in the front vibrates and the end of it, like the dildo end, vibrates also. Now the controls are on the other orb, which would be in your hand. The thing that's magical about this, and yeah, I've got it in my hand, and you hear it like stuttering. Well, what that is, that's the front top round vibrator that's thrusting upon the coil part. And literally, you put the coil part inside, and the round vibrating part is in constant contact with the vulva or the taint. I mean, you could easily put this up a butt, easily. It's super safe to use anally. It's silicone, and the round orb is definitely not going to slip up your butt. Well, it shouldn't anyway. And it's a super strong vibrator. So the two vibrators between the shaft and the round orb are totally going to put you in orbit. And each of the vibrators has a different control. So the internal part is one control that's super strong. And then the part that's coiled that is constantly hitting you on the outside is another really strong vibrator. I love this vibe. It has put me into orbit many, many times. You can control each of the vibrators that sit in the background. Oh, yeah. So you can control each of them to i'm turning it off right now which is hold the buttons down for three to five seconds and that will turn it off uh you can control each of those for internal vibrations and patterns and then this kind of big round external vibrations and patterns it's really damn versatile because it can stimulate like the whole vulva or the perineum area i mean this is the thing i mean it's I really am tripping over my description of this vibe because I love it so much. It's the snail vibe. The snail vibe. It's available, of course, in the two colors, pink and purple. Mm, Got to reach for that one. It's just such a great vibe. It's a little pricey, but I think it's really worth it because it's just got, and that's me zipping it back up again to keep it nice and clean, uh, because it's so different. And for me, it's incredibly satisfying too. So, hey, I know what you're waiting for is that special discount code. Just enter SNAIL at checkout and you're going to get a super duper discount because the snail's a little expensive, but you know, it's an investment in your pleasure. So I'm going to give you a hell of a good discount just because you're going to want to get the snail vibe. I really love it and you'll probably love it too. All right, thanks for listening. Sex Chat with Kim Ayers. Now time for the month of April's email sign-up giveaway. It's the Evolved Tip Tingler. Yeah, this multi-speed little wonder sports a flickering tongue that can tickle and delight just about anywhere on your body. It's easy to hold and is ideal for any body for just enough teas to drive you crazy. Of course, I'll also include a bunch of other goodies too. So sign up for my new sexy newsletter by shooting an email to Kim Ayers Sex Chat. That's two S's in it at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram or Twitter at Kim Ayers with your email address and I'll enter you into the monthly contest for the sign up prize. It's that easy. 
So that'll do it for today's episode of Sex Chat with Kim Ayers. Thanks so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share it and listen to all the episodes. Thanks again to the sponsors, Cal Exotics, Nastoys, and the original Magic Wand. And be sure to get all your sex toys and sexy stuff at grandopening.com. Thanks.